All righty. Welcome to another segment of BuddyCast. On this episode, all we're talking about is Radio Gaga. <laughs> we're talking radio with my good pal, Alan Carpenter, known as AC from Rocket 105. How you doing today, sir? I am fine, my friend. Thank you for having me here. It's, Absolutely. I'll tell you, it's funny. When you work in radio, um, a lot of times you think it's more interesting than it is. I know you're interested in it because we work together. Mm-hmm. But uh, one thing people outside of radio don't usually want to hear is radio stories. So thank you for being interested. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what actually inspired you to go into radio? Uh, it's kind of interesting. I grew up in Waterford. You know, I grew up in a small town with one traffic light. And there was a radio station at the time. It was an AM station. It was WRIE 1330. And it's located between, sort of between Mill Creek and Waterford. Um, but growing up in a in an environment like that, I didn't realize what a small operation it was. And this was the days of AM radio. Um, this was the early 70s, and it's what my parents listened to. And they would have a morning show, and there was a news guy and two funny guys, and I just I just fell in love with it. I thought, what a cool way to make a living. Um, just, you know, playing music and having a good time, and it's like it's show business, but it's local, and you don't have to move away. Um, and so I just, when I was a kid, I just, like a lot of radio people, I just, I heard it, I wanted to do it. And then... Um, it wasn't much longer before I got really just curious about all the stations I could listen to and how far away. Cause at night people don't remember AM radio, but at night with AM radio, you could hear stations from, if you lived in Erie from Detroit and from Chicago and from New York city and Richmond, Virginia and all over. So it was really something to fall in love with back then pre-internet, Pre, awesome. uh, pre-cable TV, no. pre-everything. Whoops, I think you might be a little frozen there. Yeah, my wife just made a One second, folks, I think with us connection. There she goes. I'm sorry, I'm looking for my headset. One moment. Did I unfreeze? Sorry, folks, technical glitch, I think. You there? I'm here. Okay. Sorry about that. We lost you for a second. Okay, well... I was going to say, I, I, you know, I may have frozen, but I'm still a warm person. There you go. There you go. You're like that one guy. Um, is it Mr. Freeze from Batman? Or? Yes. I'm good. Yeah. I'm rather like Mr. Freeze. Yep. Awesome. So when did your career first begin in radio? Well, I was lucky. I got a job in the business right out of school. I went to Mercyhurst and um, I got out of school and I immediately got a part-time job. And at the time... Part-time jobs in radio meant you worked weekends. So I worked weekends, and I would be on the air overnights on Saturday nights, and I would play um, the syndicated shows. This was sort of, we had satellite shows, but listen to this, Nick. This is how old I am. They would send us a, a like an oldie show called Dick Clark's Rock Roll and Remember, Remember on four vinyl albums, and you would play the vinyl albums and insert commercials archaic old technology i know what you're talking about i got some vinyl over here yeah well imagine yeah. imagine them sending pre-recorded shows on it it's crazy it's great to listen to music on but mm-hmm. think of the the and believe me there were so many problems with 
track skipping and and broken records and everything else. It was the worst technology to play pre-recorded programs on, but that's what we had. Did you also have to adjust all the knobs and everything to find like the right tone? And oh yeah, food? oh yeah, it was all manual, all analog or mostly analog. Um, I remember they taught us to do the meter readings. You'd have to read the meters to stay within the FCC limits of signal strength. And Nick, these looked like something out of like a laboratory from an old Godzilla movie. Big as a refrigerator, big, like um, big knobs on them and, and, and not uh, digital readouts, but actual meters going back and forth. It was just a lot of old technology was still being used then. It was old then. And uh, now it would be antique. The one scene that comes to my mind when you mention that, you've seen Spaceballs before, right? Sure. The one scene when um, the guy's reading the radar and he's like, I lost all the things. I lost all the bleep bleeps and the bloop bloops and everything. If something were to ever go wrong. That's exactly what it was. Exactly. And it worked about as well. Uh, all right. So you mentioned vinyl. What are some of your favorite songs to play on the air today? You know what's funny? I have been on Rocket for 11 years. I think it's 11 or 12 years now. And when I started on Rocket, I was like uh, a casual Led Zeppelin fan. Now I'm a Led Zeppelin maniac. So I love playing Led Zeppelin on, on the air. And there are a lot of bands that like Shinedown is a good, a good example, a band that sort of had started when I went on the air. And they were pretty good. They were Their first single was a, a Leonard Skinner cover. And I have watched that band grow over the past 10 years and the songwriting got, the songwriting is better and the playing is better and they've become such a great band. So I love bands like that, that sort of, I can trace back to when I started on Rocket um, and watch and watch them grow and develop. Um, but yeah, I love, I especially love the classic stuff. I love 70s rock and roll. I love Led Zeppelin and Boston and Cheap Trick and, um, all those bands, I really do. But there's a there's a lot of great music still out there. I love the fact that in rock and roll, there's still a lot of guitars. I'm a guitar person, so in the even with the modern bands, there's a lot of guitar in the music, and pop music doesn't have very much guitar at all. So I'm glad I'm a rock DJ. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to throw in a new question here. Um, when did you begin your career with Rocket 105, your current radio station? Oh my God. You know what? I wish I could tell you the exact day or the exact, I can't even tell you the year. I think it was 12 years ago, 12 or 13 years ago. Here's how I know I've been married. I will have been married 12 years this month or 10 years this month. And I know I was on the air rocket. Thank you. <laughs> well, my wife deserves the applause for putting up with me for that long, but <laughs> that, I, 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 her. yes, yes, that's right. Applaud for her. <laughs> but I, I know I was on rocket two or three years before I got married. I, I know I was courting my wife and getting to know her um, and so forth and so on. So I think it's been 12 or 13 years. Right. It's been a long time. A long, <laughs> and what's interesting is, this is a story I always tell. When I was in college, I had a professor say to me, you know, you're pretty good at radio, but if you want to do it, you're going to be moving your whole life. That's the way the business is. You'll be going from market to market, building a career. And I have been steadily on air in Erie since 1989. I've never had to move. Wow. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I just, as, 
Some of it was some. Of, I like to think some of it was talent, but a lot of it was luck. It was just how things fell together. Yeah, I was going to say, especially with all the changes that have been made. Yeah. Well, what's interesting you know, like, up you- until this point is my job has been. It's changed so much. I started off as a country. I started off as an oldies DJ. Then I was a country DJ. Then I did talk radio. Then I did news. Then I did news and top forty. Then I did oldies. Then I did the Bob format, and then I did rock. So it's it's just they threw a lot of stuff at me, and hopefully I managed to do most of it fairly well. Mm-hmm. Now speaking of changes, how has the radio uh, industry changed over your time, like over your career? Like what? Have oh you- boy, over the career, I'll tell you what. As far as the number of people, it's it's a vastly reduced number of people who who get it done because like a lot of things, a lot of, uh, a lot of functions are done either by a computer or they're done non-locally. They're centrally done by a bigger company and sent down. Um, but a lot of us have had to, who have survived have had to learn to, um, how would I say, learn to cover more bases. You know, I remember when I started in radio and I was always, a fairly hardworking guy and I would work with guys who would be on the air and the rest of the time would be, this is, you know, back then smoking cigarettes, hanging out, joking around. And I thought, well, wow, you guys, once you're not on the air, you don't really do much. Um, that's not true of almost anybody. Now, everybody gets off the air and is doing a lot of stuff. They're either voice tracking other shifts or they're, um, doing commercials or they're you know preparing endorsements or this that and the other thing there's there's a lot there's a lot to do now and less people but that goes for every business <laughs> you know i just feel like i'm lucky to still be working mm-hmm. absolutely now do you have any favorite memories from your time in radio like any oh i'll tell you nick it is it's all about meeting musicians i mean i've gotten to meet and hang out with everybody from from Twisted Sister to the Four Tops. Um, and so many of those bands were so cool and so great to meet and so nice. Um, back in my oldies days, you know, the Temptations, really legendary people uh, that you get to not only introduce, but hang out backstage with and talk to and, and really get to know. Um, and then, in, you know, my Rocket era, you know, meeting Kiss. I was a Kiss fan when I was a kid. I still am, but I mean, back then I lived and breathed Kiss. And then to meet Kiss and to, you know, hang out backstage with with Kiss in their full makeup and, and in the full costumes. It was just a surreal experience. So for me, a lot of it has been that stuff. I, I you know, I'm just really the biggest music fan in the world. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a... Um, it's not something that is, you know, advances my career. It just is pure joy. It's just a blessing. Mm-hmm. Now, quick follow up to that. Did you have you ever seen Kiss without their makeup on? I have not. Mm-hmm. I have not. I know people who have. I know people who. It's funny. I was talking to your friend and my Greg, mm-hmm. and Greg had seen Kiss um, do a show without the makeup back in that era, and then he saw Kiss the last time they were in Erie. And Greg said, there's no comparison. It's just such a better show when they're in the makeup and the full thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, I think a lot of bands, 
those older bands have gone back to their strengths and said, we know who our audience is. It's interesting to me with older bands like Kiss or Kansas or Cheap Trick or so forth. Now they have a small fan base that they really make a living by doing shows, selling merch, and to a lesser degree, selling music. You know, people download an album or, or buy a CD if you still like physical media, but that's not the main source of their bread and butter. It's mainly concerts and merch. You know, and there's just, it's sort of fun to be a fan, lifelong fan of bands like that. And Rush, too, before, you know, before Neil Peart passed away. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you mentioned Kiss and Led Zeppelin. Are there any other bands that you follow? Like any other bands that you say you live and breathe? Or? Oh, wow. There's there's so many. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a lifelong Beatle nut. Lifelong. And Beatle trivia. I'm a Beatle trivia nut to a very annoying degree of, you know, very annoying to people. Um, there's, there's, there's so many, the who I love the who and I, I love, there's so much. I like all kinds of music. I tend to, my default is rock, but I really love all kinds of music. I, I, I everything from jazz to classical, um, to, you know, what they call world music. I love, um, a lot of the traditional music of Indonesia that my wife introduced me to. I love music from India. I'm just, yeah, I, I just absolutely live and live and breathe music. Sweet. Now I play guitar, but you don't want to hear that. Believe me, because that will mean you will no longer enjoy music. So I want to keep your joy pure. Uh, yeah, we'd love to hear it one time. You know. <laughs> Why not? Give our fans yeah. a little excitement for the there day. There you right? go. Well, yeah, excitement in in scare quotes. Mm-hmm. A little wake up call, a little afternoon wake up call, a little afternoon wake up call. But it's like you in comedy, Nick. I mean, you knew. Mm-hmm. It's just you just you love it so much that you know you want to in some way be involved with it. And I think part of me being in radio was I knew music was going to mean so much to me that I wanted to be in some industry where I'd at least be connected. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can't really sing very well. I don't play guitar very well. You know, I suppose I could have been in in band management or something, but I I just knew I wanted to be connected to music somehow, if I could, if mm-hmm. I if I could be lucky enough to have a living in a field connected to music, I wanted it. Yeah, most definitely. Now, part of radio is also doing interviews, kind of like what we're doing mm-hmm. now. Have there ever been any that like have left a deep impact on you, or that you just walked out of the studio just going, wow? I had, back when the Malcolm X movie was out, um, and I was doing talk radio, I had an interview with Malcolm X's brother, Abdulaziz Omar. And I was a young guy at that time. I was probably 24. And I was nervous because this is, you know, this is not like talking to a guy down the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember at the, inter- at the end of the interview, he said, you're a very intelligent young man. But I still carry that around as a matter of pride. Oh, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think that it, it, the funny thing is, to be perfectly honest with you, um, what I discovered, they had thrown, I get so many types of interviews thrown at me. They'll be political or they'll be uh, uh, paid programs where you're highlighting a client and what they do. And after a while, I kind of thought, you know what? I'm actually pretty good at this. So it was, I think that was really the impact was figuring out after a while that I could 
I was not bad at it and I could do it and that I could handle it. You know, there's, there's some things in life that you just don't grab the brass ring. And then when you're forced to do it repeatedly, you go, you know what? I'm actually, I'm not bad at this. I think that was the major impact for me. That's awesome. Now let's go back in time a little bit more. Cause you mentioned like, it, there's a lot of time. I'm in my fifties. There's a lot of time to go back to Nick. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to, let's go back to, uh, well, I was born at St. Vincent. I, okay. <laughs> Not back that far. Yeah. Let's go back to like college age or. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were to go back in time, back when you were just starting to get interested in radio, mm-hmm. what would you tell yourself today? Like, like say we built a time machine and you got a chance you know, to talk with yourself. I would tell myself, um, have more, have more faith in your own abilities. Um, again, there were a lot of things in my career where I sort of discovered baptism by fire that I was not bad at what I did. I'm pretty good at it. In fact, in college, that's an interesting one because I was the news director for the college radio station and I had an assistantship to do it. And I happened to be on the air the afternoon the Challenger exploded. And we had a news wire at the time and it would send, you know, it would send down stories. And I was continually updating throughout the afternoon for, I don't know, three or four, probably three hours while the information was still coming in. And a lot of people, you know, faculty and otherwise said to me the next day, they're like, wow, you sounded really good. You're doing a great job at that. Um, and that's something, again, that I wouldn't have jumped out and said, I can cover breaking events, but I happened to be there when that tragedy happened, and I discovered that I was able to do that. So I would probably tell myself that, I think. I think a lot of us wish we had a better sense of our own abilities when we were younger. But, of course, you know, we're still testing the waters. We don't know what we're capable of, capable of yet, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All righty. I think um, I'm going to wrap it up with these two next questions. Okay. What's your advice for someone who you who would tell you they want to go into the radio industry today, say comm majors or just the average? I would guy. say, I would say, um, number one, really educate yourself about the world because now more than ever, with with so many podcasts and so many sources of information, you cannot have a narrow focus. Uh, you don't know if you have a long radio career and you're fortunate to have one as I did. You don't know what what's going to be thrown at you, what you're going to have to know a little bit about. You can't, you know, none of us can be experts on everything, but know a little bit about politics, know a little bit about um, other countries, know a little bit about, you know, uh, uh, art, know a little bit about religion, know a little bit about sports, even know a little bit about soccer, which no Americans know about. Uh, know a little bit about those things. I would say kind of give yourself a very general, educate yourself in a very general way. Be very curious. The more curious you are in your life, the better you will be on the radio because you'll have more to talk about and Um, you'll be more original. Absolutely. And, and I, and I would also say, learn to be, um, learn to be versatile, learn versatility. Uh You know, my favorite team, the, the blue Jays just, acquired a, a great guy in the, in the draft yesterday. And part of his, what makes him special is he's useful in so many ways on a baseball team. Um, I think it's the same thing because you don't, you might say, well, I just want to be a DJ or I just want to be a news person. 
Uh, but you don't know in your career, you will have other things thrown at you, but there may be jobs mm -hmm. that you haven't even imagined yet. You mm -hmm. know, like, uh, um, I may be starting my own podcast sometime later this year. Well, that didn't exist when I started in radio. There wasn't such a technology. So, mm -hmm. yeah, be versatile. Yeah, absolutely. I remember back in my days, it was, oh, I'm just going to go work promotions that day. All of a sudden, the Mr. Malpudi <laughs> or Mr. Langer called me back, I need to do something. <laughs> and I'm over here going, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, you know, Nick, you know as well, there's a lot of times like that in oh, the yeah. radio business. Hey, we're gonna put you on. Uh, we're gonna put you on the control board today for the live remotes. Sitting so there, like you are. Yeah, yeah like um, sitting there with the guy next to me. Okay, so we hit this button. This yeah. button. Okay, why is that uh, red light going on? Is that good? Yeah. There's a lot of those moments. I've had thirty plus years of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they haven't stopped yet. I remember one time I was in the control room and everything just froze up. Like the computer froze or something, mm -hmm. and everything just went dead. And I'm like, "Yep, that's not good." Yeah. Thankfully, Woody was in the area. Like he's walking by, and I'm like, "Well, that's when we remind ourselves <laughs> that that we're not uh, we're not cardiac surgeons. You know, dead air is mm -hmm. only dead in a figurative sense. So you know, you got to keep it in perspective. But I mean, didn't didn't you find that with radio, Nick? That it's it's. Oh, yeah. There, it's so, and it's fun in a way, but it's also drives you nuts because it's so dynamic. It's oh, every day is like, well, what's today's challenge? This morning I went to, into work, I had everything ready to go, and we had had a power surge overnight, so half the computers were down, and the audio boards, the settings were all back to defaults. Mm. You know, and you just have to manage day to day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it was definitely one of those jobs that even even after a day were like. Well, that could have gotten a lot better. You still left afterwards just thinking to yourself, I work in the best industry, you know? Yeah, that's, it. that's it exactly. That's yeah. it exactly. I honestly remember being with um, being in promotions, and the minute my, cause my classes were right across the street, like literally if you open up a window from Gannon's Communication Building and throw a rock across the street, you might be hitting uh, David Hugar's office, you know? Right. <laughs> it's, it's right there. Yeah, exactly. So um, I remember just like the minute classes were done, I would just fly over and have um, have people like Greg and Ted tell me, you're early. Go get some yeah. lunch. Yeah. Go do something. I'm like, I'm ready to work. Let's get this show on the road. They're like, sure. Please go get some lunch. Just, well, yeah. <laughs> we're fine. We're, we got this under control. Just go get some lunch or something. Yeah. It'd be like noon at that time, so I'd just be sitting at like the student cafe or sitting at like um, what's the place? Uh, the sub shop down there, like not Subway, but um, the um, place I always went to all the time down on Perry Square, and just sitting there going, "Okay, I got two hours to kill." Right. Might as well people watch or something. <laughs> so well, that's you know what though that brings up another thing about radio that's that's interesting. It's one of those feast or famine things too and either you have five things in an hour to do it or you have 90 minutes with nothing to do mm -hmm. it's just how it is it's never steady it's always off and on mm -hmm. absolutely all right now my final question for you all right you any is this a tough questions? one am i going to be like really intimidated by this one or? i hope you were taking notes that's all the okay. that <laughs> so what are any final comments any remarks you have on radio like just anything for all our viewers out there that explains why 
why you love radio so much. I will tell you, I have an answer to that that is kind of uh, timely, I think. Because before the pandemic, people were saying, and the general, actually the general consensus was, well, radio's fine, but it's, it's, you know, it's starting to fade away. It's one of those technologies that's kind of going away. And local programming's okay, but I don't know how much longer we can continue. This was just in, across the industry. And what they found is during the pandemic, our, especially, especially at Rocket, but other stations as well, our streaming numbers went through the roof because people said, we're scared. We're uncertain. We want companionship. We want some. We want it to be local. And what iHeart did, that was really smart. They said, "Okay, you guys. Well, this is going on, especially in the initial month or two. Stay on the air later because people are getting up later because they're not going to work. They're working from home." And we did. And it was like it really reminded me of that. It's that connection that radio has that really nothing has quite like radio. Um, and it was very gratifying to me to think that people in the midst of this pandemic and they've got kids and they're worried about their kids and they're worried about what's going to happen and, you know, job losses and everything else and, and job changes uh, that they said, you know, at least we have these two idiots on the radio. We know they're there and we can rely on them. And that that just meant the world to me. It, it really, even though I've had really aggravating days, it it really reassured me as to the value of what I do. And what we do. So mm-hmm. I would say that's it's a really good reminder to me. And that connection, it re- reestablished a connection that reminded me of why I do this in the first place. Most definitely. Most definitely. You can catch you can catch my friend AC here on the morning show mm-hmm. at Rocket 105. And thank you so much for coming on today. It was a great pleasure. It was great learning about your career. And thank you, my I friend. Hope you guys, I hope you guys, I wish you guys the best, you know. I miss Thank you guys you every day, but we miss yeah, you too, Nick. You're the man, and you I, showed up early for work, which nobody does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, my pleasure. So, Thank you, sir. I, thanks for joining us today, man. Yep, you have a we, great day, sir. You too. You too.